Welcome back to Recalibrate, a mindset podcast designed to help you break free from the old and press on to the new. If this is your first time connecting, I hope that you find it profitable for your mind, your body, and your spirit. And if you have subscribed to this podcast, I want to say thank you for reconnecting every week to listen, to learn, and to grow. If this podcast is adding value to your life, please leave us a five-star rating and drop us a positive written comment. Let me just say that all of your comments, they truly bless my soul. I want to read one of them to you. This is from subscriber Tinkerbell36. (laughs) Tinkerbell36 says, Meeting Milton was definitely a divine appointment in my life. His caring, conscious, and compassionate mentorship occasionally tempered with a velvet brick in my case, (laughs) has been a blessing in my life and set me on a journey of profound personal development and monumental life change and improvement. I am so excited for this podcast to be live, and I pray that Milton's knowledge, wisdom, and deep, genuine faith touches and transforms your life as it has mine. Subscribe today, and peace be with you. Wow, let me just tell you that that comment, the day that I read it, truly blessed my heart. It just confirmed the fact that what I've been doing for all these years is making a difference and that I need to press on and keep doing the same thing, to do what God has purposed me to do, and that is to add value to each and every one of your lives. And let me just say this, that I am deeply humbled by your comments, deeply humbled. Every time I tell my dad, about some accomplishment or of the accolades that I have received after a conference or a teaching, he will oftentimes say to me, that's really good, my son. I am so proud of you. But don't you ever forget who the giver of the gifts is. You're gifted, but you were given the gift by someone. So keep your eyes focused on him. Keep your feet on the ground Because once you lose ground, you will lose stability. And when you lose stability, you will fall flat on your face. So keep your eyes on the only one who deserves all of your attention. (laughs) That's, That's my dad for you, the great encourager. He keeps me focused. He keeps me grounded. And I just want to say that everything that I do and all the accolades and all the accomplishments, they go straight to give God all the glory and all the praise. Speaking of my father, I mentioned to you in one of the episodes that he uh, had been a corporate executive for a, a pretty good-sized company, and uh, but he grew up very poor. He grew up in a small town in Mexico. I can say uh, without exaggeration that he is one of my uh, greatest mentors and role models, of course. I have learned many lessons from him, but one of the most important lessons that I can recall was uh, what I learned when I was a young man that really did not solidify until I became an adult and I was already a dad myself. I remember that I asked him how my grandfather was able to plow a field with with an old uh, ox and a rusty plow. He didn't have a John Deere tractor. It was just a rusty plow that he used to plow the field. And I was always captivated by the fact that each row was so perfectly aligned. They were evenly separated. And I just couldn't understand how it was possible to accomplish such a feat with such limited materials. 
And he went on to explain to me that every one of those rows ended at a post. And so as I gazed across the field and looked beyond the row, I saw at the very end of the row that there was a post, the post that my father had pointed out. Now, this was a fence post. So the fence posts were evenly separated just as the rows that had been plowed. And so my father went on to explain that as long as you start the first row and you keep it straight, all you have to do subsequently is keep your eyes on the post. So every time you make a second, third, fourth row, all you have to do is put your hands on the plow and keep your eyes fixed on the post. You have to keep your vision on the post. And if you do that, then you will steer the plow straight to it, creating a perfectly aligned row. So in other words, the fence post was really a guidepost. Twenty-some years later, my father would go on to use that same story as a metaphor. He said to me, do you remember that time that we talked about plowing a field and how farmers keep the rows in alignment? I said, I vaguely recall that. He went on to remind me of that conversation that we had had, and then he applied it to my daily life as a believer. He said, well, in life, those rows represent the road that you travel. He said, if you, if you want your life to be a straight road and walk in alignment, you're going to have to have a post, a guidepost, something to fix your eyes on. So as you place your hands on the plow of your life, you can steer in the right direction. Otherwise, you'll create rows that'll be crooked, zigzagged. Without direction, you will have no destination, no end point. And so he went on to explain that as a faith-filled Bible believer, that I should always keep my eyes fixed on the Savior. He said, as long as you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, you will always end at the right destination. He concluded by saying, let him always be your guidepost. And I'm not talking about seeing with the eyes. I'm talking about visualizing with the heart. You have to keep your vision in alignment at all times. I love what Helen Keller once said. She said, the only thing worse than being blind is having sight, but no vision. Solomon said, where there is no vision, the people perish. I believe that one of the greatest gifts that God ever gave us was not necessarily the gift of sight, but the gift of vision. You see, sight is of the eyes, but vision is of the heart. When a person doesn't have vision, they live by what they see. In other words, they can't walk by faith because they're walking by sight. That's one of the reasons why people are so depressed, and that's why the future never becomes a reality. You see, vision is a source of hope. 
It's a source of courage. It's the source of perseverance in the midst of difficulty. Vision is a driving force. It it causes you to see success even within a time of calamity. It, it allows you to see healing even when the body is aching. Vision is a powerful thing. You see, that's why the enemy of our souls works diligently. Now listen, he works diligently to keep you from having a visualization of seeing yourself any better off than you currently are. He doesn't want you envisioning yourself progressing, moving forward, overcoming, walking in victory, walking in deliverance, living holy, being consecrated. He would much rather give you visions of you failing, falling, faltering, getting sick, going under, being poor, aging, getting depressed. That's why he's called the enemy of your soul. You see, he understands that there is power in vision. If you spend most of your time envisioning yourself doing wrong, you will never be able to do right. If you constantly envision yourself failing, you will never succeed. Envision yourself sick. And I guarantee you, my friend, I guarantee you that you won't ever walk in complete healing. You are fueling your own defeat by what you fantasize. You, yes, you, you become your greatest detriment, your greatest enemy. Your greatest enemy is right between your eyes. It's your mind. It's right there. Your thought process, your paradigms, your self-limiting beliefs, those words that you repeat over and over and over that eventually affect the way that you vision your life. The thoughts you entertain will become your destiny in life. You will become what you think about. You've heard it's been said you are what you eat. That's a lie. You are what you think because you will become what you think. Proverbs 4.23 says, be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Another translation says, and you've heard me, you've probably heard the other episodes, and I've said this over and over again. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it or because it directs the course of your life. You see, the progression of your thoughts leads you to a destination. Your thoughts become words and those words influence your emotions. Your emotions affect your decisions. Your decisions affect your actions and your actions become habits. Your habits shape your character and your character leads you to your final destination. What did it start with? A thought. You see, the reason many are faltering and failing right now is that they have a visualization of themselves that does not coincide. It does not align itself with the word of God. And what you visualize in your spirit will happen in your life. If you truly want to experience God's best for your life, the life that overflows, then you have to line up your thoughts with the Word of God. And you must also understand that Satan is a liar. He is the father of all lies. He is an imitator. He is a counterfeit. He's out to steal, kill, and destroy. He goes out to get you. He knows your weaknesses. He has been studying you. He knows what buttons to push. And if you're not careful enough, the enemy's lies will become your self-limiting beliefs. And as you repeat them over time, they will become the driving force that will lead you to a destination. And that destination was never purposed by God for you. You've probably heard me talk about David, King David, the giant slayer in one of the past episodes. Well, he's one of my favorite Bible characters, no doubt. But today I want to talk about Elijah. You see, I'm fascinated at how Elijah 
has this ability to see the future and to envision something that isn't there and to be so sure of it. It's one thing to think it, but it's another thing to say it. Now, I'm not going to recount every detail of the biblical story. I just want to kind of paint a picture of what's going on. Elijah is a prophet, and there has been three and a half years worth of a drought, no rain. I mean, the place is so dry that even the uh, the cactus are withering. You know, it's it's extremely dry. Everything is dying. And in the midst of all of that, God gives Elijah a promise. He promises rain. And so after three and a half years, Elijah goes before God and prays for that rain. Elijah doesn't see any sign of rain, but he tells his servant to go tell the king to eat and drink and to get ready because there is a huge torrential rain coming. He says there's going to be a great abundance of rain. Now, he's not saying it might drizzle a bit. No, here's Elijah in the middle of nothing. He's in extreme drought, and he says there's going to be an abundance of rain. Few people have that kind of faith, that kind of vision that thinks abundance in the middle of a drought. I'm sure that the people that heard Elijah claim that rain was coming, they probably thought, man, this guy is a radical kind of person, or he's a bit demented, a bit crazy, he's weird. Come on, let's be honest. (laughs) You got to be kind of strange to call the things that are not as though they were. To speak as though it is when it's not. I mean, that's faith. Faith is, I call it the way I see it kind of thing. I'm not talking about seeing with the natural eyes. I'm talking about the spirit man, the eyes of faith. I can't see it. I can't hear it. I can't sense it at all. But I know that rain is coming. I may be sick, but I know that my healing is there. My son or daughter may have run away, but I know that they are coming back. I see people getting laid off, but I know that my God shall supply for all of my needs. That's what I'm talking about. It's that kind of mindset. It's that kind of faith. It's that kind of vision. Do you want to know what a person is seeing? Listen to what they're saying, because you're going to say what you see. If your mouth is talking down here, your life is going to go where your mouth is. Out of the abundance of the heart, the Bible says, the mouth speaks. Your mouth is a reflection of where your heart has been living. That's why you can't have a conversation with everybody, because they're speaking doubt and you're speaking faith. You are in two different dimensions. Some of you haven't realized that your vision is what has you living in mediocrity. Some of you are probably saying, I don't ever see my son changing. I don't think I'll ever get out of debt. I don't think I'll ever heal. My grandpa died of a heart attack. So did my dad. I'm destined to die of one too. And perhaps all this sounds kind of foreign to you, but let me tell you that I have had Plenty of conversations over the past 15 years in counseling or coaching sessions with individuals who have told me that diabetes runs in their family and they're waiting for the time when they go to the doctor and the doctor diagnoses them with diabetes or that uh, heart attacks run in the family and that they are prone to dying from one as well or that uh, they were born on the wrong side of town and therefore they're never going to get out of debt or they're never going to succeed in life or that nobody in their life ever went to school and ever graduated from college and therefore they're never going to graduate either. This is a mindset and this is a mindset that becomes a vision and your vision becomes your reality. Elijah was a tough guy. I mean, he had a strong spirit in the face of a drought. 
There's going to be a great abundance of rain, he tells the king, so start getting ready for it. I mean, once again, the place was dry. The sky was clear. There was no cloud. You see, you've got to get ready to be blessed. You have got to position yourself to be blessed. You can't wait till you get blessed to position yourself. That doesn't work. You can't wait to get blessed to get ready. No, you have got to get ready to get blessed. It's that simple. You have got to get ready in advance. You can't wait till it's raining, Noah, (laughs) to build an ark. You see, faith doesn't wait for the rain to build an ark. Faith builds an ark when you've never experienced rain in your life, when people have never seen it before. Faith builds an ark when people are criticizing you, laughing at you, mocking you for what you're doing. Faith doesn't operate by what you see. Faith operates by the vision that God has given you. People of faith will build a garage before they even get the car. (laughs) And people will ask, what'd you get a garage for? You don't even have a car. You can't even drive. Yep, but I'm getting ready. (laughs) I am getting ready. Now that's faith. So Elijah understands that you can't break a famine or a drought if you're undecided. He was decided. He was focused. He was believing in a vision that he was given. The Bible says, how can two walk together without agreeing on the direction? You have got to be in agreement in order to walk together. He was in agreement with God. You can't expect a breakthrough if you're not willing to agree with his vision and walk in tandem with him. Faith and vision work together to see things come to pass. It's that simple. So at this point in the story, the servant has already gone to tell the king that there's going to be a torrential rain, but there is no sign of coming rain. And so Elijah tells his servant to go past the hill to go see if he can see anything on the other side of the hill, all while getting into somewhat of a fetal position, Elijah did. And he puts, the Bible says, his his head in between his knees, almost like covering up the outside voices, the naysayers. And it's, to me, I, I use that as a metaphor, you know, that sometimes when we have a vision, we have to get in that same fetal position, not literally, but we have to cover up our ears because uh, God will give us a vision and you'll always have the people on the outside. And sometimes it's the people closest to us that will be the naysayers, the negative Nancy's telling us that that is not going to happen, that, that we're not going to get healed, that we're not going to succeed, that we're not going to overcome, that we're not going to break free. And so Elijah gets into a position of almost of meditation. He is, he's focusing inward on God. He's focused on his spirit. He's envisioning on the inside. And so he sends his servant to go see. The servant comes back and says, Elijah, there's nothing. I can't see any signs of, of rain. There's, there's no clouds. It's not even overcast, Elijah. Elijah tells him to go back again. And he comes back and he says, nothing. There's nothing, no evidence. So Elijah, to make a long story short, Elijah, Elijah sends him back seven times. Yes, seven times. That's perseverance, man. I don't know. That's, that, that's faith. He says, go back seven times. I can't even imagine how exhausted the servant was. My goodness. I mean, this guy's running back and forth, up the hill, down the hill, up the hill, down the hill. Well, he goes back the seventh time. And the seventh time, he comes back and he tells Elijah, I saw a cloud the size of a man's hand. (laughs) What? The size of a man's hand? That is so minute. That is so infantile. That is so embryonic. It's a small sign. But Elijah says, 
Get ready. Get ready for the rain is coming. I mean, the sign was so small, but his faith was so big. And you know what would happen right after that? The rain came. It was a torrential, abundant rain, just as God had promised it to Elijah. What has God promised you? What grand vision has he given you? Let me ask you, does your vision, your grand vision that he has given you, does it line up with your faith? Is your faith as grand as your vision? Is your faith as big as the promise? Because if it's not, you won't see anything come to pass. You've got to be like Elijah. Even when the sign is small, even when the sign is minute, You have got to have a big enough faith to believe that what God said he would do, he will do. You see, there were no signs of rain. (laughs) There were no clouds. It was not even overcast. But look, faith sees and hears what the world cannot. Faith allows you to envision victory. It allows you to envision health. It allows you to envision a restored marriage when there is no evidence at all. Elijah didn't didn't hear it on the outside. He heard it on the inside. It wasn't happening in the natural. It was happening in the spiritual. You see, he had to be able to see it happening on the inside before it would come to fruition on the outside. Now that's the power of vision. Elijah's faith had to be strong. You see, most people's faith would have died out the moment the servant came back after the third time around and said, I see nothing at all. But Elijah is so radical, so tenacious in his faith that he says, go back again, go back, go back, go back again until the report on the outside lines up with the vision on the inside. I don't know who I'm speaking to today. I don't know who's listening on the other side. But I want to tell you that if God has given you a vision and you haven't seen anything come to fruition, I want to encourage you, just like Elijah told the servant, go back again, go back, go back, go back again until the report on the outside lines up with the vision on the inside. Faith presses on even when there's no sign or even an answer. Every time the servant came back, he found Elijah in the same position with his head between his knees. He was blocking his ears. When you block your ears, you can hear better on the inside. So he's saying, I'm going to tune out all the external voices until I can hear what's in my spirit. I'm going to put myself in this position so that I can receive what God has promised me. And the only time I'm going to come back up is to say, go back again, go back again. So the seventh time around when the servant came back with an answer, the answer that finally came back was discouraging because Elijah was praying for an abundance of rain, a torrential rain. And when it came back, it was a cloud the size of a man's hand. So what do you do when God's answer doesn't look like your prayer? What do you do when you prayed for a real blessing and you got something that was so minute? Have you ever been disappointed with his answer? Well, let me tell you, Elijah was not disappointed. Elijah was not discouraged. He jumped up and he said, this is my breakthrough. This is the answer. Here we go. Get ready for the rain is coming. I want to challenge you 
to be encouraged. Encouraged means to gain courage on the inside. I want to challenge you to be encouraged. Even when the answer seems so small, celebrate the small victories. The small victories will bring forth the bigger ones. Because true faith endures even when the evidence is small. People of great faith declare victory even when the evidence is not much. When the answer is not what they expected. When the need is not completely covered. But they continue believing that this is just the beginning because it can only get better. True faith sees a breakthrough even when the answer seems weak. Elijah never gave up. He never gave in. He didn't become complacent and he didn't get used to the drought. He got up in faith and declared the promises of the Lord over the people of Israel. I challenge you, don't become complacent. Don't get into a place of comfort and complacency. Just receiving and being okay with whatever you get in life. You have to get to a point where you become uncomfortable with being comfortable. Elijah never envisioned a minuscule cloud. He focused on the abundant clouds, the pouring rain. He didn't listen to the voices of doubt. He tuned into the spirit and filled himself with faith. Elijah experienced breakthrough because he didn't give up. He fought the good fight. And by the way, do you know why it's called the good fight? A good fight is a fight that you know you're going to win. A fight that you lose, believe me, you're never going to call a good fight. That is a bad fight. (laughs) Elijah fought the good fight. He knew the victory was already his because God had promised him. Now, let me close with this. Perhaps you've been tempted to give up and give in. Well, I want to encourage you today to rise up, to fill yourself with faith, to dig in your heels and to believe in the promise that God has given you. Keep in mind that you've got to position yourself to get blessed. You can't get blessed and then position yourself. Just as Elijah did, get into that same position, the inward position, where you block out all the outside voices, the voices that are telling you that you will never rise up, that you will never make it, that you will never break free or break through. Block all the outside voices Focus inward until what is on the outside lines up with the vision that's on the inside. If you're not able to see it happening on the inside, in other words, if you have not the ability, the faith, the tenacity to envision that thing happening on the inside, well, then it will never materialize on the outside. And when the answer that comes back is so small... Make sure that you go back seven times. (laughs) Go back, go back again, go back again, and go back again until you see your breakthrough. My friend, the abundance of rain is coming in your direction. So get ready. (laughs) Get ready. And God bless you guys.